Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Start Church podcast, Beyond the Call the podcast that is empowering and equipping pastors and ministry leaders to protect what God has given them to lead. My name is Justin Upchurch, and I will be your host today. Our topic today is one that is strategic. This podcast is about implementing a strategy that pertains to the future of your church or ministry. At Start Church, we want to help pastors and ministry leaders to establish a solid legal foundation for their churches and ministries. And in addition to that, we also want to help pastors and ministry leaders to implement strategies that will help them take their ministries to the next level. So in this podcast, we're going to address the question, can a church own a business? And if so, how can that be done? And to help us answer this question, we have Jared Stills in the studio today. Jared is our director of sales here at Start Church. And Jared, welcome, and thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get started, I I do just want to take a a quick minute to let our listeners know that if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. So you can send us an email. You can send that to podcast.startchurch.com. Or you can simply call us at 844-641-5718. Now, Jared, before we actually get into answering the question, can a church own a business, I kind of want to rewind a little bit. So based on your experience and speaking with thousands of pastors uh, throughout your experience here at Start Church, what typically drives a pastor or ministry leader to want to know if his or her church uh, can own a business? Yeah, there's a few things that we hear. So one thing we often get is a call from a pastor that has a network where somebody is doing this already. Okay. And they say, hey, you know, this is a strategy I've heard about. You know, maybe they worked with us and got a referral, and they think, man, what a great idea. You know, we can put people to work in our community. We can create jobs and at the same time get revenue coming back to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing we often hear is they've tried fundraising, and it just hasn't worked. You know, they've done the bake sales, they've done the spaghetti dinners, and you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't bring in sustained income, and okay. it's not something that you can do over and over again. Right. Um, and then the other thing we also get is just the activities that they're doing. So they'll expand on a ministry idea, perhaps, and start doing an activity that they're questioning. You know, is this something I can do under my church, or do I need a separate organization for this? So those are the the things we typically hear. You know, that's why people will give us a call. Okay, gotcha. So that that does make a lot of sense as to what why ministers and what would drive ministers to initially ask that question to begin with. So uh, what is the answer to this million-dollar question, can a church own a business? The answer is yes. Under Section 502, the IRS actually has a provision for nonprofits and churches where they can have a feeder corporation. Okay. So that's typically set up as a C corporation. And that's the process that we go through here at Start Church as well. Okay, so this this feeder corporation, that's essentially a for-profit business? That's correct. Okay. So how exactly does this feeder corporation, this for-profit business, um, how, how exactly does this work? What is that relationship between the for-profit business and, and the church? How does that work? You bet. So it's a separate incorporation with the state. Okay. And then there is a stockholder agreement or a shareholder agreement that gets created. 
and that's where the church actually can purchase shares of stock within that for-profit business and become the owner. Okay. And this is great from a couple points. So one, if you need seed capital for that business, the church can invest. So if you have some money set aside, you know, we'll recommend uh, take a tithe of the tithe that comes into your church, sure. set that aside for this type of activity, and then uh, let's say that business needs something to get started. Maybe it's $5,000 or $10,000. Uh, the church can provide that to the business through that sh- uh, purchase of stock. Okay. So it's a great relationship there, uh, but that business operates separately. Again, it's a for-profit, so it's going to file a corporate return every year right. uh, before March 15th, but it is, again, in relationship with the church through that shareholder agreement. Okay, so the for-profit business incorporates on its own. It enters into a shareholder agreement with the church, the church is going to become the majority shareholder, correct? Correct. Okay. And so the for-profit business is going to be paying taxes as a for-profit business separate from the church. That doesn't, the church is not going to be, there's not going to be any tax liability on the church. That's correct. So as dividends come back, which is the goal of the business, you know, that you've got a a for-profit that's generating income. Okay. Then the dividends that come into the church, you don't have to pay income tax again as a tax exempt organization. So that's the benefit there. Uh, but yeah, as it initially comes through the for profit, since it is a separate entity, it does that separate filing, uh, the 1120 uh, at the beginning of each year. Gotcha. So the dividends that the church receives is essentially tax free income from the for profit arm to the church. That's correct. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. So this all sounds good on paper, which is essentially what we've talked about right now. Everything is, is being, tra- you know, the transactions being done on paper. But are there actually any examples of this model actually working? Absolutely. There's a lot of big examples. Uh, one of those comes from, you know, recording labels. For example, we've got a client that actually set up a recording label as a for-profit arm and has, is seeing a lot of positive revenue through that organization. Uh, we've also seen things like daycares. You know, daycares are unique in that you can do them a few different ways, mm-hmm. and one of those ways is a for-profit. Okay. Um, you can do something as simple as a, a dry cleaning business, you know, like a courier almost, where you're collecting people's dry cleaning and, and dropping it off at the dry cleaner mm-hmm. for them. Um, you could also do something like uh, contracting work. So oftentimes we'll have people within our congregations that, you know, they can't find work, they know a trade, but they just, you know, work is slow. Well, this is an opportunity where you could put somebody to work and, again, bring in some positive income into your church. Wow. So that, that's actually pretty cool. So it's one thing to hear like of a, of a strategy, of a plan. You know, hey, it sounds good on paper. But then to actually hear that there are examples of this actually working and, you know, benefiting the church. And also it sounds like benefiting the community at the same time. That's pretty cool. So uh, for the pastors and ministry leaders who are, are listening right now, um, perhaps some are having you know bells going off and they're just saying, "How wow, this, this is what I've been thinking about. This has been stirring in my spirit, but I just didn't know how to you know, verbalize it. So uh, for those pastors who, who are listening and, and that is describing them, you know, are we able to assist them with this process? Yes, we have a service, and you can find more about it on our website as well. You know, if you go to startchurch.com and click under services, you'll see it there. I think it's church-owned business, you'll find it. Okay. And it's a service we've been doing for a long time, so we partner with you. Again, create documents under your guidance to get you registered with the state, uh, create those bylaws, the shareholder agreement with the church, 
all the board meeting minutes that you need on both sides, you know, for the church and for the for-profit. Yeah. And then it usually takes a couple months, and you're off and running. You know, the state does have a, a filing fee that you'll usually pay just a few weeks into the process. It's usually around 100 bucks, 200 bucks, something okay. like that. And it varies by the state. Sure. Uh, but yeah, within, you know, a couple months of getting started, you can have an incorporated for-profit business, uh, getting revenue coming in that can go back to the church. Okay, cool. So uh, so up to this point, we've talked about that, yes, you know, it is allowable for a church to own a business. Uh, we've talked about how that, can, you know, how that's done, you know, through incorporating and everything. And then we also have seen that there are examples of this actually working. Um, but my next question for you is, are there any limitations and what types of business a church can own? The only real limitation is, you know, what is it that uh, creates conflict with your beliefs? Okay. So, you know, when we create these documents, there's a line in there that says, typically, you know, for any for-profit activity, um, but obviously, you know, you're going to want to make sure it aligns with your statement of faith, with what you believe as a, as a church organization. Right, right. Um, but other than that, yeah, the really the sky is the limit as far as what you want to do. Okay, cool. So, and it even sounds like... Uh, Perhaps some churches may already have some some sort of an activity that could easily transition into this business. Because I know, for instance, I've been to churches where they've had coffee shops on Sunday mornings. I can go and get a cup of coffee before service or even perhaps after service. Or there have been other churches that I've gone to that have a bookstore. And, you know, I could purchase a book or maybe, you know, some other, you know, a T-shirt or something, some other paraphernalia. So what about them? How, how is that different than what we're talking about? Yeah, and this is oftentimes, again, why for-profits get created. So what happens is, you know, you've got the coffee shop, like you said, you've got the bookstore that's open around service times, but then you want to expand it and say, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could have people gathering here during the week? Right. You know, why don't we open this up? We'll do it, you know, 9 to 5. We'll actually have business hours, uh, give people an opportunity to come in. Well, as soon as you do that, you're now competing with other for-profits in the community that do the same thing. Uh, the IRS says, hey, you're no longer considered tax-exempt with that activity, mm -hmm. and that's what would constitute the need to create the separate uh, C-corporation or the for-profit arm at that point. Gotcha, gotcha. So it sounds like if the activity, such as a coffee shop or a bookstore, is done, you know, kind of for the benefit of those who are, you know, attending the service, for the member, for the benefit of the members, if it's done before, after the service, or even during the week, if they're holding some sort of an event, that's fine. However, if they're wanting to open it up more to the community, like you said, you know, nine to five, that way more people are perhaps on the church campus or whatnot, then that's when they're going to need to consider actually creating that separate entity for that that business, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay. And at, again, as you bring in for-profit income as a church, there is a, something you should file as well until you have that for-profit entity created. Mm -hmm. So we may have some people listening that say, oh, hey, we're doing that you know, as a church right now, and we haven't created this for-profit arm. Right. Uh, what you'd want to do is fill out a 990T mm -hmm. and report that income that you're getting from that for-profit activity and pay some taxes on that. Sure. Uh, that way, you know, you're not going to run into any issues there. And then give us a call, and we can help you set up that C-corporation and, and make sure it's uh, getting done the right way. Gotcha. Well, this has been a tremendous amount of useful and strategic information, and I hope for our listeners that this conversation has sparked a few ideas. You know, I believe that many pastors today have an entrepreneurial 
spirit, and I'm sure many of you listening have, have many questions. So for those who are listening and have questions, thoughts, and ideas, Jared, what would you say to them as far as, you know, what are the next steps for them to take? You bet. So the first thing I would do is send them the link to this podcast. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's an easy thing to do, to be able to say, hey, I, I heard this concept. Um, and then get together with your leadership team. You know, call a meeting together, and you'll be surprised. Oftentimes you'll have somebody with, within your leadership team that either owns a business already or has a degree in business, and they can help you create a business plan, put together a pro forma. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's nobody on your leadership team, you might even open it up to your congregation. You know, we're always asking for people to serve on right. Sunday mornings, but mm-hmm. this is a way that you could get somebody to serve the organization long term, you know, and, and be a consultant, so to speak, and help with this uh, for-profit activity. And then after that, once you have the plan in place, you know, give us a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, say, hey, you know, we heard about the for-profit arm. We want to get started with that. Yep. Um, there's going to be a couple fees that you're looking at to do that. So our fee to do the work is 998 bucks. Okay. And we can break that up over a few months uh, just to make it a little easier, interest-free payments. And then there's going to be a state fee as well. You'll usually pay that, as I mentioned, a couple weeks into the process, usually around 100 bucks, a couple hundred bucks. And then if you mention this podcast, say, hey, you know, when you call in, I heard about the for-profit arm on either Beyond the Call or just say Start Church Podcast, uh, we'll give you a $50 credit towards the service. So that'll be $50 to jumpstart this for you and get some things moving forward. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, Jared, thank you again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us and help us to answer the question of, can a church own a business? And to our listeners, I realize that for some, this idea or strategy of a church-owned business is new, and it's, it's a lot of information to take in and to process. And so I just want to encourage you that you are not alone with your questions. And if you want to talk this through some more, we'd love to hear from you. So again, you can just do that by sending us an email, and you can send that to podcast at startchurch.com. Or if you want to have a conversation, we'd, we'd love for you to give us a call, and you can call us at 844-641-5718. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Start Church's podcast, Beyond the Call. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you have heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church, Beyond the Call. Star Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.